Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. I was like trying to time. It's like, how do I get there when you know when the peak's hitting? I don't know. I hope we did all right. Uh, awesome. It's so great to see all of you here. I'm really excited to be talking tonight. Uh, specifically, it's something that has really impacted my life. Out of all the disciplines that we, that we talk about, uh, this is one that means a lot to me. So, I want to kick off our time tonight with a question. What are some things that you could quote or sing or do, you know, kind of in that realm, if someone asked you to do it? Like, no problem, I can just do that. I'm, I'm not going to ask you to do it, okay? So don't, don't be like, oh, I'm going to have to. Just what are some things? What are some examples of that for you guys? All of the office, okay, yes. Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. I heard someone said music. I don't know who it was, but I, David Rice, all right. Love you, bro. Yeah. What was that? Taylor Swift, okay. What? Princess Bride, dude, yeah. Very cool, very cool. Yeah, any other examples? Whoa, nice, all right, cool. I thought of some examples that I think at least many of us can relate to, maybe not everybody. Uh, oh, it's kind of dark. What, what, song, what song is she about to sing? How many of you could sing the whole thing right now? Yeah, I have a three-year-old daughter. It's like, no, pro, no problem. Uh, let's, go to, let's go to the next one. What scene is this? Does it, can anyone tell me? I heard a... Okay, yeah, what's, what, is, what is he about to tell him? The tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise, that's right. Uh, could anyone quote that, like, flat out? I'm just so, cur so curious. No? That's okay. Uh, let's do the next one. What is that? And what is pie? Yeah, I've got 3.14, and that's about it. But uh, this came to mind because I think it was Byron. We were just sitting at my house, and he just quoted, like, 50 digits. We were like... Whoa, okay, He's like, okay, you got it, man. Uh, what about these? Who could tell me what all of those do? I was like, yeah, I knew there was going to be some answer for that one. Cool. Uh, I personally realized while I was preparing for this that I am one line off, roughly, it's like two half lines, from having the entire first verse of Ice Ice Baby memorized. Uh, that was almost, almost enough to make me put in the effort, but I didn't. And I'm not going to sing for you at any point, so don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, have you ever memorized something without choosing to? Like, a lot of these things are things that we choose, but, okay, what are some things you memorize without choosing to? Let it go. Let it go, yeah. Okay, that's, that's fair. Yeah. I know for me, like, I play drums. I listen to songs. Like, I, I, I'm listening to the drum parts. Sometimes those just stick. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I got them memorized. That just happened. A lot of repetition. Uh, I have a lot more Disney songs now than I did three years ago because I have a three-year-old daughter. Um, apparently, when I was a kid, when I was like four to six, kind of in that range, uh, I had the pages, like each page of one fish, two fish, memorized so well that if my mom tried to skip pages when I was falling asleep to like speed up bedtime, I would say like, Ooh, hey, you missed a page. <laughs> like, you, you have to go back to the sheep sleepwalking. Like, that, I was on that level of like, I knew how many pages she skipped. I'm really not looking forward to that happening with Elsie. Because One Fish, Two Fish, it is long. Like, trust me, you do not remember how long One Fish, Two Fish is. It's crazy. Uh, so why are we talking about this? Well, firstly, it's, it's a lot of fun. Like, honestly, it's just fun to think about what's rolling around up on our heads, you know. Uh, but secondly, I want you to understand that your mind has the capacity to remember things. 
you know, you have uh, the, the capacity to remember things that you want to and even things that you don't. Like if you just listen to something a lot or do something a lot, like you got it memorized. And the discipline we're going to talk about tonight is scripture memory. So that's the, just the discipline of memorizing certain passages or verses of scripture uh, from the Bible. And I just want to share with you why you should make this part of your life, what some of the results are of doing that, and then some specific action you can take to make that happen. So first, let me pray for us. God, I pray that tonight um, you would really just work in our hearts, uh, help us to see how important your word is in our life, uh, and how valuable it is just, just for us individually. I pray that all of us would come away just with a, a heightened view of the Bible, and really a desire to, to hide it in our hearts, to hide your word in our hearts. Um, God, I pray that that's the result of tonight. Amen. Psalm 119, 9 through 11, is a really good passage on this. It's going to be referenced a few times tonight. And it says, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So the discipline of scripture memory is about this hiding God's word in our hearts. It's not just memorizing random passages or verses. It's really about getting God's word into our heart. And in the Bible, the heart is not... Uh, mostly referring to your internal organ, you know, it's not referring to this like thing beating your chest. It's also not like the Disney version where it's like, you know, whatever you feel, that's your heart. Like, just do that. No, it's not that. Uh, in the Bible, the heart is really just the inmost core of who you are. It's who you are as a person, and, and your heart affects how you make decisions. Uh, it affects how you see the world, your feelings. God, everything is just wrapped up in this idea of your heart. And I want to mention that because when we talk about hiding God's word in our hearts, it's not this superficial thing where we memorize something. It's like, all right, I got that memorized like a Taylor Swift song. Now I can move on. You know, it's like it's not that level. It's supposed to make its way into who we are as a person. And this is why Proverbs 4.23 tells us, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So your heart is where your life comes from. So I want to talk with you just really quickly about why you should memorize scripture. And there's some context here that I think is going to be really helpful if, as we move forward. You know, if you have questions about whether or not you can trust the Bible as God's word, I think you should get those answered. Uh, I would be happy to help you with that. Any other, other challenge staff would or the people you're meeting with. Uh, we want to help you come to that conclusion. I personally am, am convinced of that, that the Bible is God's truth. And that means that, you know, it's, it's telling us the truth, not just in, like, what we should do as part of our religion, but also just how life works, what happened to history, uh, things that please God and don't please God, like all this the Bible is accurate about. And that's why it's so valuable to have it in our heart, memorize it, because like, it's valuable. It tells us how life really works. And this is really a necessary context for scripture memory. Because if you don't believe the Bible is true, why would you waste time memorizing it? Honestly, like you wouldn't. Uh, so this is the kind of the context for memorizing scripture. And Psalm 119, 162, whoever wrote this, uh, probably David, but not, I'm not sure. Uh, he says, I rejoice at your word, at God's word, as one who finds great treasure. And this guy understood, man, like God's word is treasure. It is, is something really valuable. And so I want to ask you a question that was really convicting for me. Uh, I heard someone else ask it. And it was like, oh, man, it's a good one. If I gave you $1,000 for every Bible verse you could memorize in one week, how many would you memorize? You can just kind of dwell on that yourself. You don't have to answer. <laughs> like, 100, I don't know. Um, for me, my answer is more than I do right now. And I think that's probably true for most of us. Like, more than I do right now. 
Proverbs 16.16 says, How much better to get wisdom than gold and to get insight rather than silver? Man, it's, it's better to get the wisdom and insight that comes from memorizing God's word than it is to get $1,000. That truth needs to work its way into my heart. Like, and I think for all of us, that, that needs to work its way into our heart because we need to value God's word more than we would value money. It's just so incredibly important. And it's different from Bible study. David talked about Bible study last week. Um, scripture memory is this, uh, not just reading the Bible, but specifically committing certain passages to memory so that at any point they can come up and we can, can quote them. And uh, this is kind of the, the first point here for why you should memorize scripture is with Bible study, you're learning what God says, but we have a problem. We forget things. And so we need to be reminded of what God says. We need to be reminded of what God says. And this is something like all of us struggle with. You know, we, we read about it, we read something, and then the next day it's like, yeah, I have no idea what I was reading. Or even, it doesn't even take the next day sometimes. Sometimes I'll read a page, and it's like, wait, what did I just read? Like, uh, so someone has to be intentional about it for us to remember things. Whether that's you, you know, like a good example would be studying for vocab on a test. Like, have you done that in your schooling, whether it's high school, college? Like, you've studied vocab. That was you being intentional. Uh, there might be your professor telling you about a concept you've heard about for two years, like a seventh time in class, and you're like, dude, I know this. You know why he's telling you that? You know why they're telling you that? Because they want you to remember it. <laughs> like, they want you to remember it. Uh, maybe it's my daughter listening to I Just Can't Wait to Be King for two hours. Like, that happened uh, a couple weeks ago. We listened to it for about half an hour today. It wasn't as bad. Uh, but she's being really intentional. She wants to know that song. Like, someone has to be intentional for us to remember things. So the question is, will you do that, or will you let other people do that for you? So scripture memory, it really helps us remember and to understand just God, like the presence of God, and what he wants to communicate to us. And so that's worth being intentional about. Uh, you can memorize some verses without meaning to. You know, a lot of us probably have John 3.16, like, floating around somewhere up there, and can quote it with pretty good accuracy, like, you know, that, that's not, maybe not really any effort put down on our part. But God's word has a lot to say about specific situations that come up in our lives. And so if we want to actually know like, how to handle things, we need to have God's word memorized. And just for me, as I've looked for verses to memorize, as I kind of do that just on my own time, um, a category that comes up a lot is just verses that, that point toward the future hope that I have in Christ. And one of the reasons for that, I think, is that you know, when I'm in painful situations or hard situations or stressful things, like, it's just hard to remember that. Like, I want to focus on right now and, like, the pain I'm experiencing uh, and not remember the hope in Christ. And so memorizing verses from Job, Second uh, Corinthians, Jeremiah, Romans, like, these different verses really help me when I'm experiencing trouble or hard times to remember the future and to not just focus on right now. So that's one, the kind of these specific situations you can memorize verses for. Uh, it also is really helpful just to remember the great truths of the gospel. And this is hard to overstate. Like, remembering the gospel is so important, important in our daily life. And uh, two of my verses, that, my favorite ones that I review every week right now, are 2 Corinthians 5.21 and Colossians 1.13-14. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin, Jesus, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Colossians 1, 13-14 says, For he, God, rescued us from the dominion of darkness 
and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And I, I love those verses. I actually reviewed them back to back on Sunday. That just kind of happened. I don't know why, why they're back to back. But uh, it reminds me of just who my salvation and righteousness come from. It's not from me. It's from God. And remembering that, remembering those basic truths of the gospel helps so much in my daily life. So that's the first reason we need to memorize scripture, like we should, we should want to, is because we need to be reminded of what God says. The second reason is the Holy Spirit is going to use the verses that you have in your heart. You know, if you get some verses hidden in your heart, the Holy Spirit is going to use them. And the, one of the first ways he's going to use that is to correct you. That's your blank there, to correct you. And 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, it's another great verse on scripture memory. It says, all scripture is God-breathed. Like God spoke. You know, God breathed out this word. It's his. Even though human authors wrote it, it's God's word. And it's useful. It's not just something that we're supposed to read. I'm like, all right, cool. It's, it's useful. It's actually supposed to be used in our life to teach us. It's useful for teaching, rebuking correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. And so as you memorize verses about things, there's going to be things that are like, oh, I need to change that. (laughs) And your daily life will think like, oh, that was a sin. I just got corrected by the Bible. You know, and, and the example for me is Ephesians 4.29. It's a great verse. I don't think it's on your handout. But it says, Let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And there's a lot you could take here, but a recent situation for me, like I was met, like joking around with a friend. I said something really sarcastic and rude, and I was like, all right, like, that wasn't great, but I know that they're not going to be hurt. Like, I know that this friend is not going to choose to be hurt because I know them. You know, that's not a big deal. I don't need to apologize. And then the Holy Spirit just brought this verse to mind, said, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. It's like, oh, I did sin. I didn't sin by hurting the person. I sinned by letting unwholesome talk come out of my mouth. Like, that's different. And so I still need to apologize. And I went to the person and apologized. And like, yeah, I wasn't hurt, but I, I forgave you. And I was like, thank you. That's, that's what I needed forgiveness for. And so that, that's just a situation in which I was corrected uh, by the Bible. And that, that's something we all need. Because just in ourselves, we think things that are not right. Like we, we have opinions and uh, desires and feelings and thoughts that just don't line up with God's, God's word. And so we need to be corrected in those things. The second way the Holy Spirit can use the verses you have in your heart is to guide you. He'll use them to guide you. Again, Psalm 119, 9 through 11. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And this idea of of there being a a right way and a right path. And and God's word helps us stay on that path. It guides us. Psalm 119, 105, later in the chapter, says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. So there are times just in life where we will not know what to do. Like if you haven't experienced that yet, you will. Um, whether that's, you know, broken friendship, difficulty with family, financial struggles, like long-term sickness, whatever it is, like at some point in your life, you're going to experience situations where you don't know what to do. And that's, those are the times like when you have God's word hidden in your heart, the Holy Spirit will use them to help you do the next right thing. And, you know, the, the Bible really reveals how God wants his people to act in hard situations. 
So even if you're confused, like even if you're like, man, what do I do? Like, I, don't, I really don't know what to do here. Like, God has some direction for you. And you can look at the Bible to see what God wants you to do. Because even though we get confused, God does not. And a good example is forgiveness. You know, if you have a broken relationship with someone, uh, and you have, like, Matthew 5, 22 through 24 memorized, it says, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. So if you're in a situation where you have a hurt relationship, and you're thinking, well, I don't really know what to do about that. If you memorize this first, you can think, well, okay, this verse says that God doesn't even want me to worship him. God doesn't even want me to give to him if I have a broken relationship with someone else. That's a big deal. So I need to go do that now, like quickly. You know, this reveals a lot about how we're supposed to handle relationships. Uh, it can also just give us direction, this, the guidance uh, in daily life when, we're, when it's absent of major struggles. Uh, a verse that I memorized a long time ago is Philippians 2, 3, and 4. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. And this, this is just a general life perspective that we don't have as, like in ourselves. You know, I, I was thinking earlier today, it's like, I just want to be the main character. I want to be the most important person. That's just my selfish desire. And this verse points out that sin. It says, hey, that's actually not the right way. Here's a better way. It guides us to a better way. And, uh, you know, we see this just command to put off selfishness, put off pride, and really value other people above ourselves. And so this, this verse is one that God has really used in my life just as I've uh, had it memorized and as I run into situations where I want to do what's best for me, um, God really helps me to just do, do the right thing instead sometimes. Uh, especially just when I'm, when I'm living uh, with him. So the Holy Spirit is going to use God's word in your heart to correct you, to guide you, and finally to help other people, to help others. Uh, again, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So we have the correction from God's word, but we also have uh, correction from other people. You know, other people can speak in our lives with God's word and if you haven't memorized, you'll be able to speak in other people's lives. And this is so good. You know, uh, Tim Heron, he spoke here a few weeks ago. He's one of the guys that I go to uh, when I'm experiencing just difficult times uh, or hard things. And one time I was sharing with him, just like, man, I'm really discouraged. I actually don't remember exactly what it was about. I think it was probably uh, something to do with, like, being a husband or a dad, like, feeling discouraged in that way. Like, man, I'm just never going to measure up. You know, what do I, how do I do, like, what do I do? I don't know. I'm feeling really, really discouraged and just like I can't move. And he shared uh, Hebrews 12, 12 through 13 with me. And it says, therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. And he told me, he's like, Josh, you know, you're, you're experiencing discouragement right now. Like, that's okay. But, like, the answer is not to just wallow in discouragement. The answer is not to just sit there and do nothing. The answer is to, to strengthen your feeble arms, like gear up, and like get moving, get moving the right way. And that'll actually help other people. Like this verse says, you should make a level pass for your feet. It's telling you, so that the lame, people who follow in your wake, may not be disabled. You know, they're not going to stumble or trip over what you're leaving in, the, in, your, uh, in your past, but instead they're going to be healed. They'll actually be helped by you. That was such a helpful verse for me in that moment. And I've been able to share it with other guys in a way that I think has actually helped them. Uh, that's just a really cool picture of how God's word can, can come through us into other people's lives uh, and help them. And so 
uh, that, was, that was one thing there. The other is it's really helpful to be able to share what God thinks instead of your own opinion. Um, so often someone comes up and it's like, hey, I want, want to know your thoughts on something. And they share something. I'm like, oh, I have thoughts about this. I can look really smart. It's like, or I can share a verse. Okay, I guess I'll do that. <laughs> you know, like, we just naturally want to say what we think and to express our own opinion. But sharing God's opinion, sharing God's view, his perspective is so much better. In Proverbs 18.2, it says, A fool has no pleasure in understanding, but only expressing his opinion. I do not want to be a fool. I don't think any of you want to be fools. And so we need to seek out understanding, especially the understanding from God's word, the Bible. And then instead of expressing our opinions, tell people that. You know, if there's something that relates to a situation someone's going through, share God's word. And we actually have a great example on both sides of this coin uh, from the disciple Peter. Uh, he had a lot of ideas about Jesus that were, were not accurate, or he, he would express his opinion. Uh, and he has a, a special distinction that I'll share in a moment from that. But you can read these stories in Matthew 17 and Mark 8. Uh, in one situation, they're walking, Jesus is sharing with his disciples, and he says, you know, like, in three days, I'm going to die. Like, I'm going to be crucified. And Peter says, no, no, Jesus, like, that's not going to happen. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Like, Peter's like, oh, dude, no, no, I know better than Jesus what's going to happen. Jesus is like, what? Like, please, just get, you know, stop, stop spouting off. Just get behind me. And then the other one, we got uh, Jesus, and he takes three disciples. It's Peter, James, and John. They go up to this mountain, and they see Jesus in his, like, heavenly form. I have no idea what that looked like. I don't know what that means exactly, but they see like some ascended version of Jesus and he changes in front of their eyes to be this heavenly form and they see two prophets, Moses and Elijah. Somehow they recognize them as Moses and Elijah. I don't know how, but Peter, he's like, oh, this is the spot. Like we, we should stay here. I'm going to go get a tent for us and we'll just camp here forever. Like that's his idea. It's like, we'll just, we'll just stay here. He's like, this is good. We're going to stay here, Jesus. And it, the Bible says, while he is speaking, an audible voice from heaven, God the Father, says, this is my son Jesus with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And so Peter has this distinction of being the only person, at least that we're aware of, I think, who is rebuked not only by the Son of God, but literally audibly by the, the God the Father, who's like, hey, Peter, like, please be quiet. <laughs> like, he really, he took some joy in expressing his own opinions. You know, that's what it seems like. Um, but if you read about the day of Pentecost later in Acts 2, Peter gives an awesome example of the other side. Um, you know, the Holy Spirit is, is filling believers, and people around them are hearing the, the followers of Christ speak in their own languages. And they're like, dude, what's happening here? Like, what's, what's going on? You know, they're, they're trying to figure it out. And Peter, he steps up, and he's like, I will explain this to you. And can you imagine what the other disciples are thinking? <laughs> like, I, I, you know, we, we can think best better of them, but I at least would be like, dude, Peter, <laughs> you're about to blow it again. Uh, but instead, Peter says, fellow Jews and all who, of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. This, this time, this, this place, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And then he quotes Joel 2, 28-32, which talk about God's spirit filling all the people, and then prophesying and speaking. And he just shares that, and then he explains a little bit, and then he says, okay, launches into Psalm 16, 8 through 11, and he explains that a little bit, and then he quotes Psalm 110, 1, and he 
you know, explains that a little bit. And he just explains how these things relate to the situation. Uh, and then at the end, people are like, all right, well, what do we do? And he says, repent and be baptized. And the next verse says that 3,000 people came to Christ. So Peter goes from being rebuked by Jesus, rebuked by God for sharing his own opinion. But when he finally shares the word of God, man, 3,000 people come to Christ. That's insane. Like, that's the, one of the best sermons ever. And all, most of what he's doing is quoting, like, the Old Testament. And so he's, he's no longer just, you know, airing his own opinions. He's actually sharing what God says. And he's able to do that because he had it memorized. It was in his heart. So all these things are involved, this correction, uh, guidance, helping others. All of this is involved in the result of scripture memory. The ultimate result is transformation. And David talked, has been talking about this the last couple of weeks, that this is the, the goal of the disciplines in our life. The goal of spiritual disciplines are transformation. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So how are we transformed by the renewing of our mind? A lot of that is taking in God's word. And one of the ways we do that is memorization. And so, so far I've talked a lot about why we should want to memorize scripture, you know, and kind of the results in our life. I want to give you, just as we close out, some practical steps you can take to just start memorizing. Or if you, if you already have this discipline in your life, uh, steps that are going to keep you going strong. So one is just look for and write down verses that are going to help you whether this is in everyday situations or just with specific struggles you have, uh, you can search for verses. I'm just going to tell you some things that I've done. Okay, this is not like I don't have a crazy method or anything. I'm just going to tell you what I've done. Uh, you can search for verses on a specific topic. You can ask someone uh, who's more mature than you if they know any verses. Or as you're having quiet times, you can just write down verses that stick out to you that you want to memorize. Uh, some examples for me are like Philippians 2, 3, and 4. That verse I memorized because uh, it's one of our church values. Like connects to one of our church values. Ephesians 6, 4 uh, is a verse that I memorized. It talks about how to relate to your kids. And I was having kids. I was like, okay, I probably should figure that out. Um, Romans 12, 11 is a verse I've had memorized since some, some spring Tuesday in 2017. David shared it, uh, and it was really, it was like stuck out to me. I wrote it down and I memorized it. Uh, if you're confused about where to find things, if you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't really know how to do that, uh, the Navigators, they're a Christian organization. They have this awesome tool called the Topical Memory System. Uh, you can just Google that, and it'll give you some verses on different topics. It's really good. So that's the first action step. Just look for and write down verses that will help you. Number two, choose a system for memorizing and reviewing verses. Uh, there are a lot of options. There's, there's an app on your phone, the Bible Memory app. You can use verse cards. A lot of people do that with a pack. Um, but honestly, you just need to do something that's going to get God's word in your heart. Maybe that's get a post-it note and like stick it on your mirror every morning so that you see it. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know what that is for you. But you need to figure out some way that actually helps you to get God's word in your heart. Um, I use the Bible memory app on my phone. And I put in a verse. It like looks it up for you. You don't have to type anything. You just hit import. It's awesome. And I review it every day until I can quote it uh, comfortably and quickly without making mistakes. And then I move it to review week weekly. And then when there's more verses to review weekly, I move it to monthly. And that is not a very specific system. And that's worked. Like, that's been okay. Um, it is like $10 if you want the pro version. But I will remind you that wisdom is more valuable than gold. So you should buy it if you get it. Uh, uh, number three, 
So look for write-down verses that are going to help you. Choose a system for memorizing and reviewing. And then number three, get an accountability partner. This is just someone to ask you about what verses you're memorizing and test you on them. So you have someone ask you, like, hey, what is Philippians 2, 3, and 4? I know you've been trying to memorize that. And you can tell them, like, oh, yeah, here it is. You know, do nothing out of selfish. Or you can say, yeah, I didn't do that. I'll have to get back to you next week. But them checking in with you is going to be really helpful as you just try and get God's word in your heart. Uh, if you're meeting with someone, they'd be a great person to ask to do this. So memorizing scripture, this discipline of, of scripture memory, really should not be motivated by legalism, which is doing it because you feel like you have to. You know, it's like checking off the box. Uh, we should actually see it as a privilege and want God's word in our heart. Uh, and this is something I struggle with. I think that, that is true for a lot of us. Sometimes I go into scripture review with like, all right, I'm checking the box, you know. The, the Bible memory app has literal check marks next to the things. So they're either red or green. It's like, all right, I want to get the green check marks. Sometimes that's my, my attitude. Uh, and how should we respond to that? You know, how, how do we respond when we're not feeling the right way? Uh, is the answer just to, like, not do it until you feel like doing it? No. Like, uh, it's obviously not right. Uh, my pastor growing up, he has a quote that really helped me just in a bunch of different ways. But specifically with this, um, he said, don't just do what feels right. Do what is right until it feels right. Don't just do what feels right. Do what is right until it feels right. That may take a long time. You know, there may, there may be days where you're like, dude, I don't really want to memorize verses. Like, I don't want to review them. Uh, but, man, I just, I just need to do what's right. And maybe one day it's going to be like, oh, all right, I actually want to do this. And that's really cool. Like, the days that that is the case for me, it's awesome. But it's not always. Uh, one like just as we're closing out, over time, and especially just as I've seen the, the longer-term impact of God's word in my life, I, I've actually grown in that get-to attitude. Instead of seeing it as a have-to, I see it as a privilege. And I know that as I continue to memorize God's word, like that's just going to be more and more the case. Uh, there's a guy named Max Barnett who, I, there's a message he did on Scripture Memory that's really good, and he said that he would not take a million dollars for just the verses he memorized in college. I'm like, whoa, that's intense. But I think he, he really just understands the value of having God's word in your heart. And the same is true for you. Like, as you continue in this, as you start this, um, you're more and more going to see just the results of that, the good things that come from that, uh, and the value of it in your life. So again, I'm going to end with Psalm 119, 9 through 11. It says, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your heart is going to be full of something. That's just true for all of us. Are you going to let your heart be filled by whatever happens to come along the way, or are you going to choose to fill it with God's word? Let's pray. God, I hope that um, really your words are what impact us tonight. I pray that the, the value of your word would just be something that we understand. And you would give us the motivation, Lord, to just start to continue memorizing verses, not so that we can look spiritual or so that we can quote them when no one needs them, but, Lord, so that you can guide us, that you can correct us, and that we can help other people. God, I pray that we would we'd be people who live by your word and hide your word in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.